and welcome to Princess in the Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Sawyers, and I'm ready to talk Disney movies past and present. Once upon a time, Hannah and Jackie sat down to talk about 101 Dalmatians. Today, I am super excited to have Jackie Bennett on the podcast. Jackie, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you know me. I know Hannah because we used to teach together out of Parkview, so we've known each other for four years now. A long time. A while, yeah. I'm still teaching at Parkview. What grade do you teach? I teach first grade. I've taught first grade for seven years, and I love it. And that's what she taught when I taught PE. I taught for three months, right at maybe four. I was going to say, maybe a little longer than that. It was February to May, so four. Yes. That was a fun time. It was. It was a lot of fun out there. And we talked a long time before this podcast started about her school and (laughs) all the things. And so, anyway, we'll jump right in. Tell me about your movie. I actually picked your movie. Because you said you would do any movie, and and this is one of my favorite movies that has one of my favorite characters, but you agreed to it. Why'd you agree to it? Well, I said pick any Disney movie because I love all Disney movies, but 101 Dalmatians is definitely my area of watching things because it's about dogs, and I am a very, very big dog person, so anything with dogs in it is definitely my area. She loves her dogs more than I think I love any person (laughs) at all. So, you know, there's that. Can you give me an overview of the story, kind of a beginning, middle, end? So the story starts out with something that actually makes me laugh because it starts out with Roger and Pongo, and Pongo's, like, sitting in the window talking about how his owner is a bachelor and they're in their bachelor pad, and he's trying to find a person for his person, his pet, as he calls him. And so he's looking at all these women walking by with their dogs, and every dog matches every woman that walks by, and it's very entertaining. And so it starts off with that, and he finally, he's, you know, too tall, too short, too fancy, and finally finds one that he's like, okay, perfect, like, this is the one that we need. And he sees him go into the park, so he goes in the park with him. And basically he makes his pet run into the other Dalmatian's pet so that they meet and fall in the lake together and then it goes to their wedding and the best part is is that at their wedding the dogs are getting married too like they're in the window and it's very cute um so it goes from that point that it skips right into them being married and being at home together and the dogs are Pongo and Perdita are pregnant and they're about to have puppies And so while they're talking about having puppies, this character comes in that apparently is a classmate of Anita's. Anita's. And so, which they do not look like they would be classmates at all when you see the two characters together, but Corella DeVille comes in. And I don't think I ever realized when they say DeVille... And right before they say that, Perdita is like, the devil's here. Like, yeah. the devil's about to The devil to show- woman. The devil woman's here. And I never, like, put those together, I guess, before. But it was very interesting to see, like, how many references to that that they have. She comes in, freaks out the dogs, and Perdita goes and hides. Well, then they say the middle of October, on a stormy night, the puppies are born. Well, at first, Corella's like, oh... Are the puppies here? Are the puppies here? And they weren't there yet. They finally get born, and she wants to 
buy them. And she never really explains why she wants to buy them. No. She just, and she sees them at first and she calls them white rats. The little mongrels are white rats, so throw them away, you know, she doesn't want them. Well, then she finds out they're going to get their spots and she's like, oh, I'll, I'll buy them. I'll take all of them. Just tell me, you know, you name your price and I'll give you the money. And they're like, they're not for sale. You know, Roger stands up and he goes, they're not for sale. And she goes, oh, you're, you know, little Beethoven over here doesn't have the money to support you guys. You can barely feed yourselves. And he's like, no, they're not for sale. It's not happening. Well, something that I also didn't know is they have 15 puppies. And I was like, okay, that seems like a lot. Because me being a dog person, I'm, you know, most litters are anywhere from, for Dalmatians is six to eight puppies is normal. And so 15, I was like, oh, that's a lot of puppies. <laughs> and they keep them and Corella, you know, throws a fit because they won't sell them. And she runs out and says, you know, don't ever speak to me again. And it's just done. And Pongo's super excited and he goes down and tells Perdita that they get to keep their puppies, all 15 of them. They're going to keep them and they'll be with them forever. Well, you then go on and the puppies are a little bit older and I have to think that it's probably beginning of December. So they're, they're a couple months old now. And the parents all go out for a walk. And when they go out for a walk, Nanny, a character that I completely forgot was in this movie until oh, I watched how did it you again. Forget Nanny? I know, I couldn't, like, I didn't even think about her. And then, so when they go out for the walk, Nanny is taking care of them and she's tucking all the puppies in. And Horace and Jasper show up. And I didn't realize the similarities between them and Home Alone also because, like, the tall and short. Tall and short, and just the way that they acted. I was like, okay, that's very, very much like Home Alone. And so they break in, and they steal all the puppies, and they didn't think that it would be as big of a theft. Like, they thought it would just be, like, how they've been getting all the other puppies, and they didn't think it would be that big of a deal. But then they ended up calling the police and Scotland Yard, and every newspaper pretty much in London had, like, 15 puppies stolen and, like, the pictures of everything. And Horace and Jasper are like, we didn't realize it was going to be this big of a deal, like... There's so many things and they're like, you know, we're not going to do this. You need to take care of this or you need to take them back because there's all this stuff going on. And Corella's like, I'm going to tell them that I'm going to call 911 and I'm going to tell them that you're the ones that stole the puppies. And they're like, okay, okay, we'll take care of it. Well, they take them all out to the DeVille place. Well, the yeah, old DeVille place. The old DeVille place. And while they're out there, so Scotland Yard and the police are all looking for the dogs. They haven't had any luck. They keep looking. So Pongo and Perdita decide to take it into their own hands, and they decide to go to the, to do the, what's it Midnight Bark. Midnight, Twilight Bark. Twilight Bark. Twilight Bark. They decide to go to the Twilight Bark, and basically it's one dog barks to another one, and then it travels across the country. It's like the dog equivalent of telephone. Pretty much, yes. It's the dog equivalent of telephone, and they end up finding these the puppies, like hearing about the puppies at this barnyard where it's a captain, a colonel, and a sergeant, a horse, a cat, and a dog that are all living in this barn. And they're the ones that actually realize that there's puppies out at the DeVille Manor. And so they get all the way back to Pongo and Perdita, and they end up running away. Not necessarily running away, but running towards their puppies. But, you know, Roger and Anita don't know that that's where they're going, so they think that their dogs have just run away too on top of losing the puppies. And so they go and Sergeant Tibbs, the cat, is actually the one that goes in and 
gets all the puppies to go through this tiny little hole in the wall of this decrepit, falling apart house that they're in. And while Horace and Jasper are watching a crime show, guess my crime? I did not remember that part either. I <laughs> caught that for the first time today when I watched it. Yeah. <laughs> where it's like, kind of like, I don't even know what to compare it to. I I almost want to, like, trying, like, trying to commit a murder or trying to solve a murder. Like, yeah. those kind of sh- shows almost, like, but they're trying to guess their crime. Like, yeah. what you were put away for. And I was just... I never realized and that And apparently before. they had no time management because <laughs> they said, can you guys all come back tomorrow or next week or something yeah. to and finish the show? They started at 7.55 and the show's over <laughs> at 8 o'clock. So they had like five minutes to have this prisoner write his name and then sit down and start asking questions. And they get 20 questions. Yes, they get 20 questions and they were supposed to do that in five minutes. So yeah, definitely not good time management. But Horace and Jasper were very into this show and decided to wait till after it to club and skin the puppies. Use chloroform if you have it. Yeah. As Cruella says. <laughs> yeah. And so they finished the show. And while they're finishing the show, Sergeant Tibbs comes in and gets all the puppies out through the little hole in the wall. And they basically run around the house until Pongo and Perdita show up and end up busting in the window to take on Horace and Jasper to keep their puppies safe. And they end up running to the farm down the street where the sergeant, the colonel, and the captain all live. And they stay there for a minute, and then they realize that Horace and Jasper are coming after them because Corella showed up and realized that the dogs hadn't been taken care of. So Corella shows up, Horace and Jasper go looking for them. They end up going to another farm, where uh, a milk farm, where a collie runs up and, like, brings them back to where they're at. <laughs> That's probably one of my favorite parts because Lucky's like, my feet are frozen and my tail is frozen and my nose is frozen and my feet are frozen. <laughs> and it's probably the cutest part ever. Yeah. But I didn't, like, it made me really sad because the more, the older I've gotten and the more dogs that I've got, seeing these sad little puppies, like, having to walk through all the snow, I was um, like, okay. And they're always hungry. Always hungry. Especially Rolly. Rolly is always hungry. Mama, I'm hungry. (laughs) And so they go to the milk farm. And when they get to the milk farm, there are four milk cows. And all the puppies get to go have warm milk. And that was one of my favorite lines in the movie is that part right there. Because the main cow goes, come and get it. It's on the house. (laughs) And just that part, the way she phrased it, cracked me up. And so they go... To the milk farm, and then he says, there's a town a little bit over, that if you go to this town, there's a lab there that's going to help you guys get into a truck that's going to take you to London, so you guys don't have to travel as far. And so they get there, and as soon as they get into this town, the Corella DeVille and Horace and Jasper are in the town, and they're trying to figure out how to get from the old building that they're in to the truck that they're trying to go to. And so they end up rolling in soot to make themselves look like labs so that they can get in. And as they're getting in, the last group is getting into the truck, a huge snow pile falls on top of one of the puppies and Corella realizes that it's the Dalmatians. And so they go on a road chase, basically. The truck driver, not knowing what's going on, is just driving. And Corella DeVille and Horace and Jasper are trying to run this truck off the road. 
and Corella ends up crashing her car and Horace and Jasper with her and the puppies all make it back and Nanny's walking out from the kitchen to put the Christmas cheer, as she calls it, down on the table and she goes, I can still hear them at night barking and she starts walking into the kitchen and there's barking and she realizes that it's not in her head this time, it's actually happening and she comes running back out and all 99 puppies and two big dogs come running in. And they're like, oh, it's labs. It's not labs. They're covered in soot. And it ends up being all the Dalmatians. And so they count them all out and realize that they have 99 puppies and two dogs. So they have 101 Dalmatians. And they're going to have a Dalmatian plantation. Yes, their Dalmatian plantation. And one thing I think, the only thing I think you really left out is that Cruella wants all these puppies because she loves their coat. Yes. And she wants to make coats out of their coats. And she wants it to be puppies because they have the softer fur as puppies than they do as adults. And she talks about how, or Horace and Jasper even say to her, like, you're not going to get very many coats out of this because they're so little. And she's like, I don't care. It has to be done now. Mm -hmm. I think she was planning on letting them get a little older so there was more fur. But she knew that, like, her end was pretty imminent as far as being able to get away with it. So that was really good. Was there anything you forgot before you watched it again? You mentioned the crime show. Yes, the crime show I definitely forgot. But I also forgot the very beginning. The way that the movie starts with all of the drawings and the animation and the spots and the things that you don't see on movies anymore because you have the option to skip it. So so many people skip it and go straight into the movie that I am amazed by the animation at the beginning. I also feel like they don't do it as much as they used Mm -hmm. to either. I noticed this with The Rescuers as well, is that there's a very, very long opening credits Mm -hmm. where really the people who worked so hard on the movie got what they deserve because now do we stay for the credits? No. No. And there are still end credits on these movies, but I feel like the people who really deserve the credit are put in these opening credits that you don't see anymore. And so I noticed that as well. For me, um, I had not remembered, and you mentioned this already, that Pongo refers to Roger as his pet. Yes. <laughs> and I just thought that was really funny. I also had forgotten another thing that you mentioned, which was that Cruella was a friend of Anita's from school. In my mind, I always had that, like, Anita was, like, her assistant. That's what I always thought, too, was that Anita worked for her. I never, I guess I never realized that she said that it was actually her classmate, and I guess because you can see the age difference in them, or you think it's the age difference in them, that it made me think that she worked for her, not that they were classmates. I always thought it was like a Meryl Streep and Hathaway situation. Yes. What is that movie called? Devil Wears Prada. Yes. I always thought it was a Devil Wears Prada situation because, like, Cruella just busts into the house. Like, she doesn't really yeah. follow the rules at all. Yes. And so I've always thought that it was her boss. Are there any other thoughts you had about the storyline? I did not realize how many times they call each other idiots. They use that word so many times in this movie. Like, I didn't process it, I guess, as a child because I didn't think about it. But as an adult, like, hearing another adult call you that or call them that, it just astounds me. And as a first grade teacher, I feel like you're also (laughs) slightly more sensitive to that. Yes, yes. Because I'm not going to lie, I don't think I noticed that. They, and it was because Anita said it to Roger multiple times, and Horace and Jasper said it to each other, and Corella said it to Horace and Jasper, and just 
I did not realize how many times the word idiot was used in the movie. Hmm. And yeah, I'm sure that's more a first grade teacher in me, you know, noticing the things that you don't want your kids in class saying and noticing it on the movie. But they say it so many times. And I don't know if it's, I wonder if it's possibly because they're trying to make the dogs seem like the really smart ones in the movie. Because they make multiple comments about, oh, no, dogs aren't smart enough to do that. But the dogs are constantly doing things that you wouldn't think a dog would do but are extremely smart, like Pongo wiping the paw prints off the road and rolling in the soot and just things like that. So I don't know if they were just trying to... Dumb down the humans. Yes, dumb down the pets of the movie or the humans of the movie to make the dogs look smarter. So we'll move right into talking about characters. There's Pongo, Perdita, Anita, Roger, Cruella, Nanny, and then obviously all the puppies. Who are your favorites? Well, they actually only list six of the puppies. Because that's something that I wanted to pay attention to because I know they had 15, but they only listed, like they only say the names of six of the puppies throughout the movie. And my favorite is probably Patch. Patch has, he just is so quirky and... He says stuff that Perdita's like, well, you didn't hear that from me, so you must have heard it from your father, and, like, looks at Pongo and stuff when he says stuff, and he just, he's so outgoing. He's my favorite one. My favorite is Cruella. (laughs) She's probably my overall favorite Disney character of all time. Definitely my favorite Disney villain. She's so intense and driven, To get what she wants. You know, we think of her as the bad person, which she obviously is because she's doing very (laughs) illegal and very bad things, but she's working very hard to accomplish her goal, even though her goal is terrible and horrible. But (laughs) I just love her so much. I actually learned how to play Cruella de Vil on the piano, and that when I was like in, I want to say like seventh or eighth grade. And that's when I realized that her name was Devil because yeah. I saw it yeah. written as the title. And I was like, Deville? Devil? What? <laughs> My whole life is a lie. And so anyway, I just think that's really interesting. Well, and that her name sounds like Cruel Devil. And actually that house or the manor is actually called Hell House is what it's called. Oh, my goodness. And so, like, how many references they have to, like, making her out to not only be the devil but just to have it, like, in your face so many times. Yeah. And that's my favorite character. (laughs) It's fine. I'm the worst. You have favorite characters for a reason. Everybody, there's certain things that just stick out to you for every character, whether it's, you know, the hero or the villain. Everybody has somebody that sticks out to them. What do these characters make you think of? My dogs. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just, I love how similar they make Roger and Pongo and Perdita and Anita. Like, I just... I love how similar they are together. Just seeing them together and seeing their mannerisms as well, it's extremely entertaining but also amazing to see. I really think of Cruella and Ursula to have a little bit of the similarities because Ursula also is very driven. She wants the voice. Yeah. And that's what she wants. And so those two remind me of each other because of how evil they both are. And then you also mentioned Horace and Jasper kind of compared to the villains Home in Home Alone as yes. well. So we'll move right into quotes. What is your favorite quote from this movie? Well, I had a couple, but my my main favorite would be the cows saying, come and get it, it's on the house. Just because thinking about what they're, like, they're going to drink milk from the cows and so on the house, I don't know why it just made me laugh. But another one is when Pongo's, 
talking about Roger and wanting to find at the beginning when he's saying that he's a bachelor and he's wanting to, you know, find him somebody. He uses the phrase, you know, go and stir things up a bit. And just the little phrases that they make in the movie crack me up because they're not things that you really, as a kid, they're not things you think about. But then as an adult, like hearing them, you're like, okay, that's, that's really funny. That's really entertaining to hear now. Yeah. My favorite um, is when they're watching the television show and a gun is shot and they miss him. And I think it's Lucky says, missed him. Missed him by a mile. <laughs> and for some reason that always like stood out to me. I don't know why. It's just it, because it's entertaining and it's, it's funny. <laughs> it's the cadence and yeah. how it's said. Um, are there any quotes from this movie that you use frequently? I don't think I do. Bob's your uncle. Okay. When it's just something that my family will say jokingly, like if something's basically staring you in the face you're like oh well Bob's your uncle like it's right there you can go get it kind of thing and so that's definitely something that I do use frequently. <laughs> Sequel. Have you seen 102 Dalmatians? I have not seen the animated version. Okay. I have seen 101 and 102 in the live action version. Okay we'll just move right into remakes then. Um, how do you like the remake? I love the one where it's the puppy that doesn't have spots and it's so she does anything she possibly can I think that's 102 she does anything she possibly can to get spots she rolls in paint she's out on the ledge of a building it's just that's probably one of my favorites I really enjoy the live action but I still love the animated version more I'm really really excited for the Disney plus version that's supposed to be coming out soon it's going to take forever. Did you not know about it? I did it? not know about it, no. Oh my gosh. I don't want to say the wrong name, but the cast for it is amazing. So it's actually going to be called Cruella, and it's supposed to be coming out sometime in the summer of 2021, and it will feature Emma Stone. Okay. So it's supposed to be really good, and it's supposed to be released December 23rd of 2020. I'm really excited for it. That would be awesome. Yeah, like a newer version of it. I think that would be really cool. Yeah, and I don't know, since it's called Cruella and not 101 Dalmatians, I don't know what that's going to look like. I've been reading a book series that's based on, like, telling the, the classic Disney stories from the perspective of the villain. And so I wonder if it's going to be something similar to that. The book series doesn't have a Cruella yet, so I don't know what that storyline would look like. But I think it would be really interesting if that's the case. And as your favorite character, of yes. course, you're super excited. Yes, duh. Well, then as your favorite character, fun fact about the movie. I'm a person that when I watch a movie, if I see someone or an animated version, if I hear someone that I think sounds familiar, I think I've heard their voice before, while I'm watching the movie, I have to look it up to see if I've heard their voice in something else before. The voice of Corella DeVille is also the narrator on Cinderella. What? Yeah, the narr she narrates Cinderella. I'm going to have to watch Cinderella now. Because <laughs> I had to look it up, and I was like, okay, her voice sounds familiar. So I looked it up, and it says that she is the narrator for the original Cinderella. That's crazy. So from there, we'll talk about your favorite moment. What's your favorite moment? This movie is filled with favorite moments for me. I really love the moment where... They're really sad because all the puppies are gone and Pongo and Perdita are gone. But his song, Cruella de Vil, is playing on the radio and it's his first big hit. And like it's this really exciting time and Anita is telling him, like, you should be excited. And he's like, 
I'm not excited. Like, this is not a fun time. Yeah. And so I also think it's really terrible that he, like, actually sold that song. <laughs> like, that's really mean. But, you know, that's my favorite moment of the movie. I feel like it should have, like, the song should have been released after she went to prison. Because yeah. it's talking about how she should be put away for life. But I, that's definitely a moment. I think one of my favorites is either when Captain's trying to run on the ice and he says, follow me, and he can't get his traction on the ice. Because I die laughing at that every time because they run right past him and he's stuck on the ice. Or the part where the kids horsing around and getting pushed in soot ends up with them coming up with the idea that, hey, let's all just roll around in it. And so they're all rolling around and Pongo even walks up to Perdita and he goes, all right, time to go put on your makeup. And she goes and rolls around in it. I think those are probably two of my favorite scenes. What other thoughts do you have about this movie? One of my thoughts that I've always had is, so after this movie originally came out, there was actually kind of like a run on Dalmatians for families. Dalmatians, however, are really not kid-friendly animals. Yeah. And so that ended up having a high number of Dalmatians in shelters. And so I think it's really interesting to see how culture kind of shaped around this movie and how to pretty big effect on animals as a whole as well as specifically dogs yes and I feel like all Disney movies do that that anytime that something big with animals comes out when Nemo came out I feel like more clownfish were sold that year than anything else and any other fish and that's it's amazing to see how our culture can be shaped by the things that we watch but it's also not surprising being a teacher and seeing my kids and how things affect them it's not surprising to see how a culture is shaped by the things we watch. I think it's also interesting how passive people are. Yes. Because while the, I guess maybe the internet wasn't really around when this movie came out. So I guess people have a past. But still, like, doing a little bit of research. I'm sure by asking a vet if a Dalmatian is, is kid-friendly yeah. would help them know. Um, I kind of forgot this came out at a different time. Another fun fact, if you're wanting to watch this movie on Disney+, Plus, you need to type out the words 101 Dalmatians. Mm -hmm. If you search 101, you will come up with the live-action version, and you will be sorely disappointed. Because while I do love the live-action one, this one is way better. It is so much better. <laughs> so, any other thoughts you have? My other thoughts would be that I love seeing the animation in movies. That has always been something that I've liked. But I honestly did not remember, and I know I've already said it, but I did not remember the beginning. Just the amount of Dalmatians that are actually moving. Like, it's not just a picture. It's not just somebody drew out the Dalmatians and they're just on there. They're actual live action. Like, they're actually animated. animated. Yeah. And to think about the work that had to go into the animation just for the beginning sequence of the movie just amazes me. And it's probably my favorite part. Well, thanks so much for being on today. I appreciate you. Absolutely. I'm glad I could do it. I'm so glad you joined us for this week's Princess in the Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Princess in the Podcast and on Twitter and TikTok.